good chance I'm going to be pretty schnockered on Sunday afternoon. Women can't, women can't, women can't, women can't parlay. Okay. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, my brain might be here. My hair is not prepared for <laughs> are you, anything. Right are now. you seeing this right now? <laughs> <laughs> but we're here. Another week. Yes. Hopefully all of you par ladies survived the holidays or at least halfway through them. We're not full, fully through them yet, but um, I would say we barely scraped by this, this year. Yeah. Again, another, another thing I'm grateful for is that this is a podcast, a listening podcast and not a YouTube podcast. Yeah. Um, it'll be quite some time before we start that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Get us to procedures to be had before that. <laughs> yeah. Get us to a million followers and we'll have a video. <laughs> like, so the funny thing is, is like the people that do listen already know our faces. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, well, this is Women Can't Parlay and yeah. I'm Jess. I'm Rainy. And we're back at it again. You're welcome. Yeah. A lot of things happening in the last few days and the days to come. Yeah, including me ripping all of my hair out because I'm an accountant and I have to close the year. Good (laughs) luck to me. Yeah, in this moment, her life sucks worse than mine. Good luck with that, my friend. As always. Like, rate, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Jess gets us some really good shit out there. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I try. Both do. Yeah, we have good days and bad days, but you guys rating and subscribing and liking really does make it a better day for us. And you probably want to check out our picks because we don't have that bad of a record. And even yesterday we swept our picks. So like, yeah, boom, random rainy. What, what was your favorite like nineties Christmas gift growing up? Like that you got from Santa. Dude, honestly, most memorable gift. So I'm going to have two answers here because I can't ever just have one. (laughs) No, of course not. (laughs) You'll know that by now. Mine's probably two as well. Yeah. And actually one is multiple gifts in one. So the best Christmas, because I can't like not ever think about this because for a while this was actual argument to my friends on why Santa actually exists and is not fake. Because one Christmas, myself and two of my sisters, my oldest sister uh, didn't live with us at the time. So three of us got these awesome, sick ass LA gear duffel bags, a pair of rollerblades and like a freaking bike. So, I mean, obviously Walmart had a sale, (laughs) but like, (laughs) yeah, but all the, and I can remember like I had a a white pair with like green and pink for my like rollerblades. They were so sick, but they each were tailored the same pair. Yeah, because obviously. <laughs> yeah, duh. Yeah. We still have this. Yeah, uh, seriously. But I did just recently purchase a pair of roller skates, but that's a conversation yeah. for later. So that is the most memorable, like 90s, especially because it was rollerblades. It was the duffel bag. It was all these loud colors. And then the bike, like, how do you go wrong? But my, this is weird and really stupid, but I got, when I was a little younger, I got like a strawberry shortcake doll. She smelled like strawberry shortcake. Nice. And that's to this day, I use this leave-in conditioner and it smells just like that fucking doll. <laughs> oh my God. So I've actually thought of that recently going like, what does this remind me of? And that's what it was. That's hilarious. 
about yeah, you? Yeah, no, it's funny that you say rollerblades. Thinking back on like, I guess I'm saying 90s just specifically because of our age and that's when we would have had those phases of Santa. Yeah. But I just felt like I had to say rollerblades because that's such like a 90s Christmas Santa gift that everybody got, I think. I agree. The second like one that is memorable is probably when I got my first cell phone just because like I was 15 or 16 and I think Santa brought me like one of those like prepaid track phones or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like life changing, uh, especially at that time. On it, the original snake game. Oh, yeah, it's badass. But also, you did know that Santa wasn't real at that time, right? Right, but like Santa still to this day brings me gifts. So I know I'm joking. Also, like earmuffs to any kids watching or listening. Not a kid show. Yeah, not a fucking kid show. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, the only other one I was thinking of is like a Tamagotchi or whatever, like the the pet thing and um what were those like you know back then electronics were like really fairly new at least in that realm there was like that electronic diary diary or whatever but I don't think I ever got one so I definitely didn't and I don't know if it was just because like we kind of butted up to like a really strange time where like I was still really into pogs whenever like fuck yeah okay I'm like I really think I could find some of those at my parents if I look I know I have some somewhere (laughs) well my favorite pog slammer by the way was was black. It was like a black mat and it had a shiny red tiger face on it. Like uh, yeah, it was so badass. It was like my favorite one. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's weird that that's so like I was like, looking through some old stuff the other day just at my mom's and I found pogs. So I'll have to bust those back out. I definitely kept them. You definitely need to bust those out. But like I don't know if it was just because I was pretty sheltered, but like I'm pretty sure my little sister had one of those gigapet, I think. And like Yeah, Tom- it's like a Tamagotchi. Yeah, it's like the same. Yeah. But I never got those. Like electric. I got one and I like killed it the first day and never played with it again. Um, All right. Well, we're going to get right into it. Um, Before we get into what will be four hours of of football, (laughs) I wanted to quickly mention hockey is back. Obviously, NBA is back too. It's been back for a couple of weeks now. Hockey has announced their team schedules that um, I think all the teams have now released. Season openers will start January 13th. Like about like, I think a 56 game season for each team. They're going to crunch it all into the first five months of the year. So January through May. And then I'm sure following that will be the postseason. I'm assuming this is their attempt to kind of like get back to the normal schedule because that would be like normally their postseason would be around like the June time frame. So I think that's kind of the push here of what they're doing. It looks like teams will play like two game stints with each other. And I think that was like an effort to limit travel. So like each series will be like two games back to back with the same team. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm really excited. Obviously, um, new news here that I am a hockey fan. So we will definitely be discussing hockey on this podcast. Yeah. So more to come on that. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. First, we will get started in the football world. Moving on to college. Coming towards the end of the season here, obviously, we're starting to get into some bowl games, um, which over New Year's will be the majority of them. First game we're going to actually discuss more in depth is Liberty Coastal Carolina. (laughs) I've talked about them before. Um, This was the Cure Bowl. This was an 
unbelievable game. Probably yeah. one of the best games I've watched this season. Maybe first or second to the other Coastal Carolina game this season. That was so good. Chanticleers, man. I know. Yeah. Chanticleer. Did you know that their mascot actually has a name? Did we talk about that? Uh-uh. Chauncey. I love it. Chauncey. They're the best. I yeah. Know. Like, fuck, man. I know. Is this college willing to accept like a 33-year-old like continuing my education? <laughs> Yes, yes. I think we should look at it. I will grow a mullet. That's fine. I mean, we definitely need to get some gear. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't do that yet. I'll look into that. (laughs) But yeah, this game was wonderful. I mean, barring the first quarter, it was pretty back and forth the whole game. I mean, Liberty was up for most of it, but Coastal Carolina was just like right on their tail to stay in it all the way through. Several big interceptions on both sides of the ball. Ultimately, Coastal tied it up with about three minutes left in the game. Yeah, it was like three minutes in one second. Yeah, Yeah. craziness. And then with just 40 seconds left on the clock, Liberty attempts to run it in for a winning touchdown at like the three yard line and they fumbled the ball on the one with Coastal recovering it. Yeah. So since this game into overtime where Liberty eventually scored their first scored, oh God, is this really going to be one of those days? (laughs) I don't know when we don't have one of those days. I don't know. Liberty eventually scores first with a field goal. Yes. Next drive, Coastal gets an attempt at a field goal, which would have tied it up again, sending it into the second overtime, but that was ultimately blocked by Liberty. It was. Monteclair's (laughs) fell to the Liberty Flames, 37-34, shattering their perfect 11-0 season. Yeah, which blows because obviously we've become fans and they've kind of proven themselves this season, right? And then (laughs) I will say this game did cure some things for Liberty as it was their first win in school history versus an FBS ranked opponent. Nice. Yeah. So it's the most wins in school history for them. Congrats, Liberty. Good job. Hats off. Do you think that this means that the team will cut, have to cut their mullets? God, Probably should have like looked that up, see if there's something on Twitter about that. Yeah, I know. Because that's the real tragedy here. That's the tragedy. That's another tragedy of 2020 as well in general. You know what I mean? Like, right. Everybody just thinks it's okay. And they're kind of adding, I mean, it's a nuanced Mohawk or Mohawk. Jesus. See what's happening. It's like, great. Great. You guys subscribe. Yeah. It's like a nuanced mullet, right? To where like some people are like cutting like cool designs in this, in the front. It's seriously like business in the front, but kind of more party in the front and the back this time. Like (laughs) they're mixing it up. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. It's just like, whatever, I guess. I don't know. I love it. I couldn't be more of a fan. (laughs) Well, I know you love Belichick's family in general. So (laughs) I just love people. I'll be honest. Like this is going to be a little too much, but like, I'm just a fan of people who don't take life too seriously in general. Right. Mullets. Fuck. Yeah. I'm in fair. I I guess camaraderie around it. You know, I think there's a time and a place. And I think in these situations, it's totally fitting. So it's cool. Carry on. I remember back in the day when I had a lot of connections with people at South Lake Carroll and they were winning all of their like consecutive state titles. I used to go watch all of their games and playoff games especially and they had like all freaking bleached their hair blonde. It was crazy. Yeah, I remember that too. I do enjoy that. I feel like it's it's not really fun in girl sports. Like we can do braids or something like that but we could all dye our hair or bleach our hair but like yikes. I feel like y'all used to do fun stuff. Like you said, I mean I get you can't. We can't get super crazy yeah we did y'all worked with it oh yeah we do 
it, we could. We did a lot of glitter. We did some red, like paint. The braids, I definitely remember a lot of. And like writing on y'all's arms and stuff. But when you get into college, you can't really do a lot of that because they have so many rules and regulations. So it's like, again, mullets aren't really a thing, but. I got air horns banned from high school football games. Like I'm pretty sure like me and a couple other people were legit responsible for that. Uh, Good. Being in the stands, like you can't have air horns anymore. Thank God. Nothing is more annoying or alarming than a fucking air horn anywhere. You don't think a cowbell is more annoying? Because I think that's super annoying. More cowbell. <laughs> more cowbell in songs, less cowboy. Less <laughs> cowbell at football games. Sorry. Yeah. My apologies, Mississippi State. Yeah, no, no less cowboys for anything. But funnily enough, my nephew does call the Dallas Cowboys the Dallas Cowbells because nice. he can't correctly. Cowbells. Yeah, go Cowboys. Well, um, getting back on track, not sure how the fuck that just happened, but the good for Coastal Carolina is most of their team will return next season. I think they've really made a name for themselves, and I don't think teams will consider them for like easy win type game type team. I think we'll see them as more of a threat next year. So their surprise element is probably gone now, I guess is what I mean. Well, I will definitely be following to see what happens next season. So same and good luck to them in the future. Yeah, def. Um, probably should have talked about this game first, but here we are. Um, we're going to time travel a little bit because we felt like we slided our heavily favored Tulsa Golden Hurricanes last week by not talking about their AAC championship game against Cincinnati. Yeah. So this game was on December 19th. We've had a podcast since then. We were kind of hectic last week because we were a little bit out of sorts. Forgive us, Tulsa. Yeah. But we just wanted to talk about this game. It was a good game in similar fashion to the last game we talked about. Since he was ahead most of the game, they were ranked like, what, seventh? I think ninth and Tulsa was 23rd, but that could have been ranked after the games. Okay. Since he was ahead most of the entire game, but the Golden Hurricanes definitely stayed with them throughout. They ultimately tied it up with just about three and a half minutes left to go. However, since he came back and answered with a winning 35-yard field goal at the very, very, very last second of the game. Yeah. Winning 27, Cincinnati won 27-24. Alec Pierce is, I think, what his name is. He's a receiver for Cincinnati. And he just, like, freaking stood out this game. He had an incredible one-handed catch. It was insane. He had, like, 100 yards in the second quarter. Like, he did well. Well, okay. Tulsa's defense like showed up, although they did end up losing and weren't even leading most of the game. It was a great game. And a lot closer than a lot of people thought, I think. Absolutely. And the thing is, like Cincinnati, obviously they've had a great year. I don't want to take from that, but they're the ones that have been screaming about they should be in college football playoff over like Ohio State. And they're really screaming that. And I'm not, you know, I've said, I definitely understand where they're coming from. And I think teams like Cincinnati and teams like Coastal Carolina are the reasons they should adapt and and look into expanding the football playoff altogether. But here we also are where Tulsa just almost freaking beat them. They were ranked 23rd, 24th, what'd you say? So it's like, if Cincinnati played Alabama, like they'd get the shit kicked out of them. So this is why college playoffs are so hard. And, you know, we definitely want to recognize teams like Cincinnati and what they've done this season. But there's also a level of playing that I just don't think that they would stand a chance to Alabama. Yeah, I I don't know that they're there yet. But, I mean, they're definitely getting there, right? Like, if they can continue this program and keep getting the players that they're getting, 
something and build on it, then they could definitely be a contender. But yeah, I agree with you. Let's put it into perspective a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Cincy will play Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Tulsa will play Mississippi State on New Year's Eve in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Yep. Obviously, we have a lot of bowl games upcoming the next couple days, next week. I mean, the most exciting, obviously, are going to be the semifinals. On right. Absolutely. And excited for the actual national championship itself, no matter who it is. I'm very, I'm just very anxious to watch based on all the drama surrounding Ohio State and then just everything going on with COVID this year. Absolutely. Who do you think will be in the <laughs> national championship on the spot? <laughs> I mean, I definitely think Clemson. Okay. I kind of think they're going to win personally, but I don't know. Like it's such, again, it's such a hard year because of what's going on. And And what's going to happen between now and then? Yeah. And honestly, I think between like Clemson or Notre Dame, like either of those two, like winning outright, the whole thing I'd be fine with. Ohio State, I think it will be interesting to like watch what happens just based on everything that's gone down this year. And I think, like I said, it will be very telling to watch what happens with them. I think I would just prefer one of them over Alabama. Yeah. So I obviously agree with you. I've been over Alabama. I've never been under Alabama. (laughs) However, I just can't shake the feeling that it's who we're going to, I don't, maybe they won't win, but I feel like we're going to see them on the fucking national championship. Unless they pull some crazy shit out. Mm -hmm. Not that they can't. I hope they do. Right. But we'll see. I'm again, very interested. January 1, don't call me after 4 p.m. because I'm not going to answer the (laughs) question. Yeah. Um, That's why I'm anxious to watch it will just be very telling especially in this COVID year with so many arguments about who should or shouldn't be in which there's always kind of that drama but it's so different this year yeah anxious to watch and and I mean respect to Alabama they're a great program they play great football nobody's denying that any other games you're excited to watch for our boy Austin, the Orange Bowl, Texas A&M, and North Carolina. Oh yeah, there's a lot of canceled bowl games because. Oh, of- there? I haven't even yeah, looked. There's canceled. several that have been canceled, and every day I feel like I get an, an alert that there's more. But I'm excited to watch all that's on, so I will definitely be partaking in that. I know homeboys, uh, Mean Green, North Texas lost like crazy to App State, who we've also talked about before on this podcast. So um, just to call them out. That State. would be the only like personal one that I was kind of like interested in. No, yeah, I think, I feel like we'll just probably play the whole football's going to be on the TV for the next Yeah, it's going to be on loop. (laughs) And whatever we catch, we catch. So, obviously, minus January 1, so. Right, yeah. And I mean, a lot of the, like, smaller bowl games that have already happened, there really hasn't been any, like, standout games. I mean, other than we obviously talked about Coastal Carolina, that was by far the best one. UTSA, like, Northern Louisiana was, like, okay, but still not crazy. Uh, Buffalo Marshall would have probably been one of the better ones, but a lot of the other ones are just complete blowouts. Yeah. So nothing really report there, but I'm sure we'll talk plenty about bowl games on our next episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Is this chapstick that you're putting on your eyes? No. So (laughs) that like burned your eyes. I'm like, what are you doing? No, it actually cools my eyes. Yeah. Not a... (laughs) 
Not a sponsor yet. do that as like a cruel joke to people. (laughs) No, this is a cooling, brightening eye balm. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to kind of dissipate your dark circles. I have not noticed that ever, Mm -hmm. but the cooling effect definitely works. (laughs) Yeah, I got one of those face rollers for Christmas. The ice rollers? Yeah, well, you put, it's like a roller, you put it in the freezer. Oh, is it like the, wait, but is it like a jade roller or is it the actual, like, it's obviously not ice, but it's like those little beads inside plastic? Mm-mm, it's a jade roller. Both are very cool options, but this ice roller I'm telling you about, it's Sounds a game Sounds like an upgraded version of what I just got as a present. No, I think they're just different outcomes. Well, yeah. it beats my normal routine of just sticking my face in a bowl of ice water. So. Yeah, that's a pretty eye or like awakening option to be honest. It works. And very impressed that you can fucking do that. (laughs) I mean, I don't do it all the time, but when it comes to it, it's definitely necessary. Yeah, I get it. You have to get up and go to work after a rough night. It'll wake you right the fuck up. I know, like this, everybody's talking about like wanting COVID to end. And of course I want that to end, but, and I work from home kind of anyway, but I typically travel. So it's been really nice to just be in my own skin for a while and not really have to worry. And it's given me this confidence that, I shouldn't have, but it's been kind of, you know, (laughs) like I swear I didn't like, I've never put on less my hair or all whatever, like just in general in life, like I'm saving so much money right now on not buying makeup, but also Christmas. There was a day like Christmas Eve. I didn't even put makeup on. I totally forgot. And I was just like, I don't care. Yeah. I need to get back to a place where I need to, like, I have to do that. And I, like you said, you said it perfectly. I've gained this confidence that I shouldn't, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Well, like not to continue tangenting even more, but I, it reminds me that I was reading an article talking about the Roaring Twenties or the hmm. Roaring Twenties because that's when they came out of like the Spanish flu. So they're talking about how there's like an expected roaring, you know, time to come soon. And I'm just like, please, hopefully, I'm really excited for that. Oh, it's going to happen. Like it's history repeating itself. Yeah, it really is. Totally. It's, I'm very pumped. I just wish I was younger. I know because the Roaring 20s for us is going to be a little different. I still feel like I see a lot of beach vacations in my future for my rolling 20s. I'm about to do that anyway. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> like, if I'm working remote, I'm about to just start working from like Miami hotel rooms. Yeah, no, Airbnb on the beach, girl. Yeah, well, that, yeah, for sure. Um, but still being safe, however. Yeah. I'm excited for this supposed future of roaring 2023 or whatever it may be. Yeah, me too. We'll see. Fingers crossed. It's going to happen. I'm just curious at, at what capacity. Yeah. Well, I'm all in. So party planning start. Yes. Okay. We will finally move on to NFL. Let us do it. Yeah. Recapping week 16. We're going to start with Viking Saints. Can we? Yeah. I feel like you probably have a lot to say on this one. Yes. Obviously I do. And it's mostly about the Saints <laughs> and Alvin Kamara, which my first one is Alvin Kamara versus Alvin Kamara. Up into this season, I called him Alvin Kamara. And then right before the season started... I was listening to, I can't even remember which podcast, and they said Alvin Kamara. And then everybody from then on out was saying Kamara. So I'm like, shit, I've been saying it wrong this whole time. And I meant to look it up before we got on this tonight. And maybe I will now. But what is it? Well, I've always said Kamara, but I don't claim. 
claim to be great at saying people's names right either. So one of those that could be either way. Exactly. Kamara. But then we hit the Patrick Mahomes situation. Well, that's just wrong. People are adding an L. There's no L. This- <laughs> but they also call him Pat and he hates being called Pat. Well, that's just preferential. This is like, I'm certain there's a correct way to say it. And I certainly want to be respectful of that if I knew what it was. But I can understand how it's easy to like say Kamara versus Kamara because well, it's K-A-M-A, right? So it's like- Well, oh. right. But, oh my God, Kamara. stop. God, phone. <laughs> the Apple products, do what I tell you. I hear you, but th- good Lord. Is that kid? Are you kidding me? Your phone just wants to tell us the correct pronunciation. I'm freaked out officially. Camara. 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 There you go. You heard it. Apple saying that? I don't know. It's a YouTube thing, but (laughs) but I'm here to say YouTube says it's Alvin Camara. Okay. Well, that's what I'm gonna roll with until I hear otherwise. Me too. Yeah. We follow this podcast. Reach out and yeah, Alvin. Come on, I'll buy you some airheads. We can be best friends. Come on this pod and explain your last name. Thanks. <laughs> just that. I'm gonna DM him. We'll just check that out. We'll see if he yeah. calls. I'll bait him with the airheads app or app or something. Um, okay. The only two things. The only two things. Oh, I moving have, on to football. Okay, got it. Yeah, moving on to actual football. Sorry. The only two things I had, <laughs> and I know there was more, but I got hung up on the Saints for the Vikings was. They never led through this entire game. They also allowed the most points by any Viking team since 1963. Oh, dang. Which was 52. 52 is a lot of points, but you would just think at some point. Well, especially the Vikings. Like, and it's not like yeah, they have that's what I mean. They're not like a crazy good yeah, team. Division. Whatever. Yeah. I don't. And again, they, they still scored 33 points. So like things. And like- this game, like 1000% was much closer than yeah. the score represents. Right. Exactly. Up until what? The third quarter, even maybe into the fourth, they were tied or very close in four. Yeah, exactly. So it's, again, you're right. I, I do feel like the score in maybe obviously towards the end of the game kind of got away from them. But it, I mean, it is a fact that the Vikings never led. And it's also a fact that the Saints never punted this entire game. Uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, which makes sense that this is the most points that any Viking team is allowed. Yeah. yeah. So kind of crazy. But yeah, so real quick, I don't have like game stat. If you have any of those, cool. If not, I'm just going to run down this. I just had Kamara's here. Listen to me. I, I say Kamara. And I just said Kamara. Just Go like Kamara, come a pretty mama. God, how does that work? I, I put it in your head. That's why Pat Mahomes shit. Anyway, Kamara. You mean Pat Mahomes? Mahomes, Pat Mahomes. <laughs> tied the league record for most touchdowns in a game yeah to go along with that do you know the last time that happened um yeah well i i saw it now i don't remember it uh 1929 basically when our school was built (laughs) i knew it was like forever ago not something that like was referencing anything that i would have seen or remembered but uh, i saw it when i watched the game but yeah no sorry to interrupt you but i just was like holy shit no great stat wanted to mention obviously that's a big 
feet. Um, a lot of people were pissed though, because there was that touchdown that was ran in by Taysom Hill and everyone was like, why the fuck wouldn't y'all let Kamara do that? He could have beaten the record at seven and not just tied it. Like, yeah, I'm one of those people for sure. Oh, me too. Completely. I'm sure like, so I'll say this, Alvin Kamara, or he said this after the game, he said, I'm not focused on personal goals and yards, you know, et cetera. As long as the team succeeds, personal success will come then, which I thought was really cool. He also started talking about like, I did a small part. Like he gave a lot of credit to the offensive line and blah, blah, blah. But I do think that's really cool. And I was also really pissed about that. Didn't get that particular Taysom Hill touchdown rush. It could have been the other way. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It was an option. And I think at that point, Kamara had already had like four touchdowns, I think. Maybe they were just thinking like for- Let's just score. We need to win the game. It's a lot easier to say in hindsight, kind of one of those things, but- when you know like one of your players can possibly obtain that. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't, but I guess like we're saying, the game was much closer. So you can't focus on those kinds of stats and records. Um, now maybe they were like playing the, a, a much larger um, point deficit, but that was just yeah. not the case here and not at that time. So who fucking knows? Absolutely. Yeah. But he ended up with six touchdowns. That's still freaking incredible. The only other thing I really had on this was, you know, obviously the whole Drew Brees being back in was a big discussion last week. This week we saw like a healthy mix of Brees and Taysom Hill. I thought it was good. I didn't really see like a trend to it so much other than it seemed that when they were really in the red zone, they were putting Taysom Hill back in, I guess, to like avoid injury. That's kind of how I took it. Um, I didn't look into anything specifically, but. Yeah. And if they said it while the game was playing, I didn't catch it. Yeah, well, exactly. Same here. But I would assume that because if we saw the first game, Drew Brees came back and we saw how struggling he kind of looked compared to the normal Drew Brees, we're not the only ones who fucking saw it. You know what I mean? So maybe maybe that was their uh, reaction to that or their answer to that was like, well, we still need to get him some play and do whatever. But if we have to swap in Taysom Hill to kind of save him a little bit, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think they are just doing what they need to do to kind of win the game but also being cautious that they don't want to lose their number one starting quarterback for playoffs so totally agree and we'll see what their plans are moving forward uh, just to like get right back to my boy Kamara. So not only did he set the NFL record, right, for six touchdown, rushing touchdowns in a game, he also set some Saints record uh, for rushing touchdowns in a season, which is 16. So he's had 16 rushing touchdowns this season so far and a total of 21. So he's had five receiving touchdowns and 16 rushing touchdowns, which mm-hmm. that, uh, but that's a Saints record, which is pretty badass. Uh, his shoes, the cleat, because he wore, which I always love his cleats anyway, because they're like a bright gold. He wore one red and one green and caught so much shit for it. And he said, well, if they find me, whatever it is, I'll just match it and donate to charity. You know, the Grinch always tries to steal Christmas. Yeah. I'm like, you're already one of my favorite players and you just crawled up there a little further. Right. Like, I just love that because how fun. That was the first thing they stepped onto the field and I'm like, oh my God, I love his cleats. And really just because like, it's Christmas day. Like who cares? about the rules like right. I think if you have rules about what color your fucking cleats are they shouldn't be yellow because they look like no a flag like, that's exactly what I was going to say that would be my number one rule no fucking right? bro 
yellow cleats. Like, absolutely. So that's so bizarre. I'm like, I get the uniform thing, but I just also don't. To a certain level, I just, that, I like that they allow them to do my cleats, my cause, but it's Christmas day. Yeah. Like, just you're away from the family playing football. Give them one tiny thing. So silly. Yeah, you should, what is their rule? They can, like, change up their cleats, like, one game a year or something like that. And then, Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's my cleats, my cause. Yeah, it is. But then it's like, okay, so let's do that. And then also allow them to change it up on holidays. Like that should be the second rule. Yeah, totally agree. Because they have to play on holidays. Like it's like working on their holiday. And like, I know a lot of people disagree with that. And a lot of people think that we pay our athletes and our celebrities way too much money, but they're still working at the end of the day. Here to tell you Cam Newton's schedule is way more intense than mine. (laughs) So pay him what you want. Um, Anyway, that's really all I had about that, except for this is the Saints fourth straight NFC South title. So well done. I am interested to see what happens with Michael Thomas because obviously last year he was like a top ranked wide receiver. He hasn't really played this year. He's been hurt, but even when he's in, he's not really a contender, which also goes into Drew Brees being out and whatnot. But I don't know. There's some rumors that he's not happy there. Some people are saying he might go to a different team next year. I'm interested to see where that all kind of unfolds. Yeah, that's all. Rainey's obsessed with Alvin Kamara. There you go. Moving on. Nothing new. (laughs) Sorry, Vikings. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Dolphins and Raiders, you say? I'm going to, again, let you go on this one because I know this is your your place. which is just so ridiculous. So obviously the biggest thing for the Dolphins is the quarterback situation, right? Yeah. It's like oh, yeah. it's Pat starts the season, he's doing well. Then Tua comes in and starts doing well. Then he starts starting. But then now we've gotten into this weird part of the season where Tua kind of got hurt and like has been a little off, but then they put Fitzpatrick back in a couple times in different moments in the game and it fucking works for them. And he's so awesome, right? Like he's so so supportive of Tua. Tua is so supportive of him. Like if nobody's supportive, I mean, everybody's supportive of Brian Flores as well, but that dude, I want big things for the Dolphins because of Brian Flores. I feel like he's doing what we were talking about at the beginning of the season with Mitch Trubisky versus Nick Foles. I'm not saying it would work for everybody and it definitely isn't like an NFL type thing, like a normal thing, but why not? And it worked in this particular game, right? Brian Flores said he felt like they needed a spark. So he like with nine minutes left, I think in the fourth quarter, he takes Tua out and puts in Fitzpatrick and he ends up doing really well, right? And the most famous thing that came out of this game was the quote unquote no look pass because Fitzpatrick was literally being pulled away from everything by his helmet. His face was going one way and his body and his arm were going the opposite. Yes, exactly. And he still completed a pass. Thank God that guy was wide the fuck open. So it was very cool to see that happen. And then they call him Fitz Magic. I'm obsessed Mm -hmm. with that. <laughs> so has Laura said, is there going to be a change in quarterback moving forward? I, I no, don't so at, at the time, at, like as of now, Tua is going to be the starter next week. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just like, I get what you're saying. And I do think obviously the Dolphins have made it work. So it's kind of one of those, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess. But it's also this kind of weird thing where, you know, he's so stuck on Tua being the starter, which I get the reasons why before. But now it's like, let's look at the season. Tua is our guy. Tua is our guy until we need to win the game then we bring in fit it's like he's almost like a closer but in football it's so weird so that's funny because he actually said that brian Flores. Oh, really? i totally that was not written or 
pulled from anything, but anyway. No, but that's how perfect it is, right? And that's how much he realizes it. He was like, yeah, if we, and maybe it was specific to this game, but he said, not quoted because this isn't fully, but he said, yeah, if we need a relief pitcher in the ninth, we're going to put one in. That's so crazy. Crazy and it's cool. And like, I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick has been in the league for 16 years. He has yet to see the playoffs. So obviously I want this badly for them, but I do understand to a point what he's trying to do. Tua's still a rookie. Like he's still learning. He's going to learn from these mistakes that he's making. For me, like starting the game always meant so much more than finishing the game. Like it's almost like more respect. Tua hasn't done anything to super fuck up, right? Like he's doing well. He's just like, he's kind of struggling right now. And we're in the big leagues now, you know? So like, it's understandable that he's starting to kind of struggle a little bit. And they're lucky enough to have a veteran like Fitzpatrick to come in and be the closer. Somebody's tweet and I'm stupid and I didn't take a picture of who it was. If I'm the Miami Dolphins tomorrow morning, I am offering Fitzpatrick a contract, a 2021 contract to be backup starter, finisher, magician, whatever the fuck title he wants. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. So but in like kind of opposition of that though, like with what we're saying about how important it is to start, doesn't that just highlight how fucked Fitzpatrick is by not getting the start, but then always having to come in and clean it up? No, because he's a 16 year veteran. Right. But that's even more why he should get the start. Well, fair, but here's my other conversation with it. We don't know how much longer he's going to play. I mean, more of an so what? Even more of a reason why. Fair. I don't know. I feel like I like this part of the play. Or it's I like this. And that's what we'll say. Like Right. But I like this play. I mean, and I was a big proponent of the, why Fitzpatrick got taken out in the first place, right? Like, I didn't think he should have gotten benched to begin with. But mm-hmm. now that Oh, this yeah, is, me either. Yeah, but now that this is happening, we've seen what Tua can do. I, I honestly don't know. And it is a good question. And I'd like to kind of get a poll or hear what other people have to say about it because- We can throw up a poll. Yeah. Okay. Because it really is just an opinion at this point, right? Because none of us know what is going on on the inside. So, and I think after the last game, people thought like, okay, two is out. Like, don't know what's going to happen with him now. But that's not what's happening. And I, and again, it's like it's a hard argument because, like I've said, I mean, I have my feelings. I think at the end of the day, like Fitzpatrick is like such a stand-up guy, and he's just so dedicated to the team and the game that he's very happy to just sit back and wait for the call. And maybe that. That's just why it's working. So, and it is working. Like we can see that it's working the way they're doing it. So it's hard to have these conversations. Why isn't he getting the start? Why is this one? But kind of one of those things where now we've seen so many times play out that it's like Tua is having a rough game and then Fitzmagic comes in and saves the day. So it's kind of like, where would y'all be if he was saving the day the entire game? And you just never know. Again, hindsight is 2020. So it's another Bears Nick Foles thing. It's another, um, should they have put Drew Brees in? You know, it's, it's just, you know, it's easy to talk about now that we know the outcomes. Exactly. And we can always question, like, why did they wait until nine minutes in the fourth quarter to do it? Right. Like, why did they do it at halftime? There's definitely a lot of questions. That is interesting. It worked out for them there. The Raiders, like, they're fucking out. So crazy yeah. season again. Another, like, heartbreak. Same song, different verse. Just yeah. completely repeating, like, the same December spiral, you know. Yeah, starting out so strong and then just totally fucking it up in the end yeah yeah which sucks because they have like I would kind of say Derek Waller obviously had a standout year but kind of more in the second half of the year so like they're losing but he's putting up these crazy fucking numbers so I don't know and I mean speaking of that right they had going along with kind of what you just said like this the 
the typical thing that the Raiders keep doing. They're going to be out of the postseason for the 17th time in 18 seasons. That And I think this year was so reminiscent of the same exact downward spiral that happened last year. But I want to say even maybe the past three or four years have been very similar. They start out strong and then it's just a complete nosedive. And it's like, yeah, they've dealt with certain things that impact that, but not to the extent of anything crazy where you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Well, in what year, maybe in past years, I'd have to kind of go think back. No, same. I am interested though in, so Gruden at the end of the game was asked about his game ending choice essentially. And Mm. he says he doesn't regret the choice, but he regrets the outcome. And good, good on you because you need to move past it. But they chose to run the clock out. They could have scored essentially like didn't like Josh Jacobs went down on the one yard line to just like get the field goal. So then they're like Derek Carr then took a knee with 19 seconds left, kicked a field goal for them to go up by two points. If you could score a touchdown, why wouldn't you just score the touchdown when you're that close? Like, I don't know. So like the same dilemma came up in a game earlier this season, and I'm not going to remember who it was, but, and again, this is kind of hindsight is 2020 situation. Where I Don't think have I tells you to run the clock out and go for the field goal, but. I don't understand. Like in my mind, when you yeah. don't do that, you're basically telling your team that you don't trust your team. Well, right. Yeah. In that sense. Are you talking about when Nick Chubb went down on the, or like ran out of bounds on the one yard line? No, they up- no, because they ended up, they, they won that game. This was yeah. a game where, and I want to say it was a Bucks game where they went, they did not go for the touchdown instead went for the field goal and then ended up losing the game. But I'd have to go back and look at the schedule. I'm not going to do it right in the middle of this podcast but you can score a touchdown I would always say that should be your goal they did have control of the game I think they definitely somewhat blundered it now you want like getting into specifics about like what they did versus what they should have done it's easy to say now but you think giving the ball back to a Miami Dolphins team even with who they had out there that's going to happen it's one of those Hail Mary things. It happened. It worked. Times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, that pass that Fitzpatrick threw, and nothing's going to come. It worked, and it worked out well for the Dolphins, but I don't want to hate on the Raiders, or at least Gruden's yeah. decision. Like, yeah, no, for sure. He's going to get shit. Yeah, sucks for the Raiders. I'm going for the Dolphins. Let's do this shit. Yeah, I'm excited for the Dolphins. I mean, it's unfortunate for the Raiders, but I mean, I'm not really tugging at my heartstrings that they're out, but happy for the Dolphins and their fans so let's get on to the Browns versus the Jets I have not a lot to talk about game wise here or stats or anything just this officially seals that the Jets are not going to have a first round draft pick um that will go to the Jaguars at this point well they have a first round pick they just have the second overall first overall pick sorry I said that wrong that will go to the Jaguars I, I don't think anybody's coming for that at this point the Browns had an interesting week um they had COVID issues and all of their wide receivers down. Tell, tell me about it. So Not I, that would have helped my fantasy team this week, but it <laughs> didn't. It definitely hurt it, Landry. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah. So Browns lose. It's unfortunate in the sense that like they were doing so well and this happens and it really impacts their standings. I think, you know, obviously we'll get into their playoff picture outlook later. They're not out, but it definitely didn't help that they lost this game. Just wanted to mention like funny funnily enough like I read some reports about you know the Browns are already in New York trying to figure out what the fuck they're gonna do so they were like in the hotel parking garage 
in the yeah in the parking lot running through plays with like who um new people yeah with the people that were gonna go in for all their wide receivers that were out so like freezing cold in the morning like in a parking garage like trying to fucking figure out your place yeah one thing I will say, I'm not taking back my comment that Baker Mayfield is inconsistent at all. However, I don't think I've given him enough credit this podcast season of him being a regular guy and a competitor and a really good quarterback. Like he's in the league for a reason. He does have some good players around him. He's still young, right? Like he's still young as far as the league is concerned. And he puts so much pressure on himself. After this game, they have like, you know, a Zoom call for their after game interview type stuff. And he basically answered one question and then peaced out. And I don't know what the question was, but he essentially was like, I put the ball on the ground three times and they recovered it twice. I have to hold on to the ball. Nothing to be said else about that. Like I have to hold on to the ball. That's it. I failed this team. And he got up and left. And it hurts my heart because while you're right, and while they did have multiple chances to win this game, there's a lot more going on, dude. Like you can't take that all on yourself. Yeah. Like, and I would say that to Cam, I would say that to any of these quarterbacks, and I get it, you're the team leader, right? You're the QB. They're always going to like internalize it to that degree. Of course. And the best thing he said, he was like, listen, this is going to sting for a couple days, but we have the Steelers and, you know, at home and we got to do this shit. So it's, I don't know. I just feel like I wanted to call myself out a little bit to be like, it's not like I fucking hate Baker Mayfield or anything. I think he deserves the credit he deserves, but I do think he's just not very consistent. I don't know that it's inconsistency. I think he's just been kind of built building and building and now he's finally to a point where they're able to make something happen based on the team that he's surrounded by unfortunately they got bit in the ass by COVID this game and couldn't make it happen and that sucks to lose all of your wide receivers that's not going to work well going into a game like that um the Jets have kind of been weirdly on one so yeah just to stick with the Browns like they were yeah seven players out with COVID and they were two like starting offensive linemen out just for injuries like not even COVID so for sure, but they're not the only ones in the league that have no. been COVID. Like yeah. this specific game, 23 to 16 is not a, a wide like girth of winning. Right. Like they had some chances. Well, props to you for, you know, coming out with that statement <laughs> on Baker, giving him a little more credit. Well, I do like him. I'm not, a, big, I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield fan, but I'm also not like a big May- Baker Mayfield hater. I think he came into the league with one of the worst teams there was. And I think for them to be where they are now is somewhat impressive. And I think we're going to see like what he can really do. Yeah, I agree. Frank Gore, I'm always going to talk about this dude because for one, he has just now become the third player in NFL history to run for 16,000 yards. Jesus. Yeah. So I know you know who one of them is. Emmett. Yeah. Nailed it. He's, no one's going to catch him. Knock on wood. And then the second one is Walter Payton. Yeah. Which I think Emmett Smith has like 18,300 or 500, something like that. And then Walter Payton has 16,700 or something. Yeah. I mean, pretty fucking cool especially because he's 37 year old fucking running back yeah Uh, one thing I'll say about the Jets defense is that they showed the fuck up. They had four sacks, four tackles for a loss, three forced fumbles, and 11 pass breakups. They also limited the Browns to a season worst of four yards of play. So they showed the fuck up. If they didn't show up and do that, like this game wouldn't have had that outcome. Like that's what I mean by saying like the Browns had some chances to win, but the Jets actually kind of showed up and said, no, you don't. For sure. No, like I said, the Jets 
I mean, obviously they have no chance, but they have not been playing terrible. So unfortunate for the Browns, but it is what it is. So Um, next will be our beloved Cowboys. We are winning the Super Bowl. Dang it. You said it at the beginning of the season. You said it in the middle of the season. And you said it at the end of the season that you still have hope. And we still have hope. We are hanging on by a thread, but we have a chance. (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I could go on and on about this game, but just, you know, we look. First and foremost, 37 to 17. Yeah, fuck the Eagles. And like we need y'all to we need y'all to win this week. <laughs> yeah, also like we need to win and also we we're pretty pretty please. Yeah, on the sly I'm an Eagles fan this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to be Eagles fans for once in our lifetimes this Sunday. Maybe, because does it matter if we if we lose to the Giants, I don't think it matters. No, if we lose to the Giants, like Washington, if Washington wins, it doesn't matter at all. Correct. But they don't play until the Giants would be in if Washington loses. But if so, basically, we'll let you guys know if we're going to be Eagles fans on Sunday afternoon, (laughs) depending on the outcome of our game. That's true. Well, I think do they play at the same time? No, we play at like we play at noon. Yeah. Okay. They play at like 7 p.m. They're the night game. That's right. They got flexed. Yeah, they did get flexed. Yeah. I'll probably be blackout by the time that game comes on. Yeah. I'll try and just be brown out. I don't know what's going to happen, but this is the first time since 2016 that the Eagles won't be in the playoffs. So boom, we did that. Feel good. Welcome. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) There obviously was that drama leading up to the game with uh, Haskins and the strip club and the COVID. He has been dropped from the Washington football team. They have parted ways. Yeah. What's your take on that? Because to me, I, because he apologized, right? Like, quote unquote, he came out and like had a public apology, like, I'm sorry and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I just have to have a feeling that there's something else going on for them to drop him. Yeah. I agree that it seemed a little abrupt. I don't know if they are just like, for you to cost us our season, we don't have time for that. Because whether they make it through or not, the fact that they're even in this position, I mean, obviously it's hard to put any blame on just one person, but a lot of this is on Haskins. I agree. not even be in this position. I personally should send Haskins like a fruit basket or like a cookie yeah. Okay, but yeah, like this sucks for the football team, but as Cowboy fans, like I I can't be mad at it. So No, me neither. As just like a fan of sports, that sucks for them. And I feel for like that coach having to make that decision, but... And maybe there was more of the story. Like, I don't know. I've not researched it further other than when the news broke yesterday. Like, yeah, same. I mean, there was an element of shock, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's tough to hang on to that when it was really costly for you. So, yeah, yeah, I do appreciate it too because you shouldn't be rewarded for no. behavior like that. Ron Rivera ain't fucking around, it sounds like. Clearly, yeah. clearly. Papa Ron, he's like. Yeah. And I mean, Washington has been, like, in my recent memory, pretty awful. And it's like they finally had this light of something and it could be down the drain now just because of blatant stupidity. So I don't really blame him like Ron Rivera for dropping. Oh, hell no. I don't either. Yeah. You put yourself first. You should put the team first. Exactly. The team always comes first. Always. Yeah. Unless it's like a family situation that's like very serious. Like, oh yeah, definitely. But like strip clubs aren't don't really fall into that category. No. Come on, dude. You're in the NFL. You could literally do that in, in any other day, three weeks yeah. from now. Yeah, seriously. Four weeks from now, whatever. 
just going to say like kind of my favorite thing to do when I'm researching games or trying to recap is especially for like an NFC East competitor is to go to their website, philadelphiaeagles.com for instance, mm-hmm. and get the recap of the game from their point of view. Oh, that's it's, smart. Well, it's funny. It honestly wasn't that terrible. It wasn't mean and I was shocked. But yeah, it was so shocking. Yeah, it was just very matter of fact. Like, well, things were shaping up well for the Eagles at the beginning of Sunday with this happening, like all the games that they needed people to lose or win, like they were happening. And then this game happened. (laughs) And then they kind of just like said scores. Like they even put together like Amari Cooper and Gallup had a combined 242 yards and two touchdowns. But it's like really Gallup had like an incredible game and those two touchdowns were his. So they like grouped certain things together that anyway, it really was fine. It wasn't a big deal. But that's really the only thing I was going to say. I think it kind of hurt them a little that Fletcher Cox uh, went out. They obviously are dealing with some injuries. We're obvious that that was one thing they did put in their thing was talk about all the injuries they were dealing with. I'm like, bro, listen. (laughs) <laughs> we're on like our fourth well we're on our like our third quarterback but after we saw our fourth one now he's back so it's like don't get me started on our offensive line and defensive line and all of this other fucking bullshit yeah i don't want to hear it i just don't yeah like, and i feel for you but like you can't do that not no. <laughs> and exactly and this year it's just like it's unfortunately not really a big excuse for anyone because everybody's dealing with injury right. exactly. and whether it's covid related or not they kind of are all covid related you know we have had this discussion since the beginning. If we would have had a pre an actual preseason, we maybe could have worked through some of these like little tweaks or like building into a year. Instead, we just went full force into a season, and that's when injuries happen. So that's it. I mean, yeah. we had scores on our first seven possessions. That's like unheard of for us. I think uh-huh. Zeke finally rushed for over a hundred yards in a uh, game. He definitely was back to his at least like a glimpse of his normal self. Yes, it's exciting to watch and. And no matter what the outcome, like I'm pumped that we're seeing this at the end of the season that the team is seeing like Dak will be back. He's working his ass off, but like we have a good quarterback. We have people that can come in and do what we need them to do to beat. It's clicking. Team. It's finally starting to click. Like they've come yeah. through so much adversity. For sure. Be where we are. Like not to say that we are like the Chiefs, like no one's saying that. However, to come from where we were to be where we are now, even if we don't make the playoffs, which, you know, positive vibes. Yeah. I mean, it's impressive what we've done. Perfectly said. I agree. That's a win irregardless, but hopefully we can just continue the momentum and we'll see what happens this weekend. I cannot wait to watch. (laughs) I'm excited. Happy New Year, guys. Let's move on. (laughs) Exactly. We will move on to the final game that we're going to discuss, which was the Monday night football game. Patriots. It was a fun game to watch for like the first three quarters and then got real boring. Yeah. Well, I will say shout out to my brother. Okay. With him last night watching the game and he was in a fantasy championship. He had Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and... Oh, hell yeah. Something else. I can't remember. And he needed like 58 points or something. He's like, no way I'm going to fucking win this championship. Yes, huh? Fucking won. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish someone texted me because... Oh, well, I'm glad y'all didn't actually because I may have jinxed him because we kind of needed the opposite to happen here. Like, he needed Josh Allen to get like 53 points and Diggs to get zero. So... Oh, yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, it's that's never going to work. Hopefully... Yeah, ever never going to happen. Yeah, those two, hard eye emoji to me. Oh, yeah. 
Bills became the first AFC East team to sweep the Patriots since 2000. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. So Bills and Patriots. I will say my favorite thing about the night was uh, I think Fox Sports did a competition all year they've been doing it where fans from all teams send in like their fan videos and stuff like that. And then they choose which fans are whatever the craziest or the funnest or the coolest or I don't even remember what the guidelines were. feel like you know where this is going. Yeah, I definitely know where this is going. (laughs) Yeah. Whoever won that contest got to put a billboard up, whatever, for free in their honor, wherever they wanted in the United States. So obviously Bill's fucking mafia wins and they put their billboard in Foxborough right next to the Patriot Stadium. (laughs) Yeah. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. I'm like, amazing. Yeah. If that doesn't reek Dave Portnoy, I don't know what does. Cause I'm like, that's originally what I thought. I was like, how did that get up there? So I had to rewind it. And then it was, he's a Patriots fan. So he's a fan of the Bills and he's a fan of Josh Allen, especially right now. He's a big Patriots guy. So I want to know his feelings about that. We'll at him and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Dave, let us know. Definitely a Dave Portnoy move. Exactly. And I I think that was more my point. Like it it smelled very much like something he would do. The guy has champagne bottles with his enemies' names carved into them. And when they go down, he drinks them. So yeah, definitely a Dave Portnoy move. Is that something we should start doing? Yeah. Because I have plenty of champagne (laughs) bottles. Yeah, you were like twitching when you left those four bottles of wine in my car about to head back to Houston like, Jess, uh, I'm going to need those back. I did. I left four bottles of wine in the back of Jess's car the other day. And my mom with every straight face was like, oh my gosh, well, did you find your wine? And I had to lie to her and say, no, I'm not going to like wake Jess up for that. Like, you know, I'll, I'll get it next time I'm here. And then left and immediately called her. I was like, bitch, I need you to wake up and meet me outside. <laughs> Just, I was worried about it. I was concerned as well because I would have never known that was in the back of my car. I really should have just been like, you should just drive to Houston for New Year's and deliver it. Yeah, probably should have. That would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been a perfect weekend for football. Yeah, if I didn't really need to get a lot of work done, I would. Yeah, if we didn't have jobs. Yeah. Yeah, Portnoy, where are you at? Yeah, come on, (laughs) We'd work way harder if we worked for Barstool than we would now. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, don't even know where we are now. Down yeah. goes the Patriots. I don't have a whole, whole lot to say on this game just because I watched it from, you know, free ad Hooters. So <laughs> I couldn't exactly follow the play-by-play because um, it was on like two TVs and I could barely see last night. Ugh, that's the worst. I love the Bill Belichick throwing the phone situation. That was funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was so hilarious because they were like, whoever told him to challenge that play just got a fucking earful. Well, that's the last thing I would want is a ass chewing by Bill Belichick. Right. That's my nightmare. Uh, Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Any dude that wears a cutoff fucking sweatshirt <laughs> year round. I don't want to fuck with that guy. Yeah, I'm good. I don't know what's going on in their mind. It, it just shows like his passion for the game. And as much as I am excited for a new era and not to see the Patriots win everything. 
my heart hurts for Bill Bell because I know this is so painful for him. He'll come back. Like, he'll figure it out. I don't know if it will be with or without Cam Newton, but yeah. it's going to be, like, interesting to watch it play out. But there is, like, a football guy part of him that I feel for. He's in a place that he hasn't been in in a very long time. Yeah, and I feel like that's where you're a nicer person than I am because I respect him as a football coach, and I respect him for the program that he's built. I do not feel an ounce bad for him for this situation. Yeah. So... That's where I'm at. Agree to disagree on the WCP gals. (laughs) (laughs) We can't align on everything. (laughs) No, no. So obviously the fake punt in the first quarter by Buffalo was amazing. Great call. Great showing of your balls. That Well, and that's the Buffalo team that everybody's kind of secretly falling in love with this year. Our boy Beasley. He leads the league in receptions and yards from the slot since 2019. Nice. Yeah, like we said last week, his move, as sad as it was to move away from Dallas for us, good move to go to Buffalo. And I think that it will be his home for quite a while. And I think he will do really fucking good things there, especially with Josh Allen. He's been doing good things there. And as much as I miss him, I'm happy for his success, even if it's somewhere else. Absolutely. Also, maybe I'll download some of his music. Have you ever listened to any of that? No, I have not. I'll have to check that out. Or at least support it. I'll at least download it. Yeah. If you can share the love, Cole, and go ahead and also support this podcast, that'd be great. 1995 was the last time that the Bills won the division championship. Josh Allen wasn't even born yet. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. That makes me want to die because yeah. I remember 1995 and I was born and I was celebrating the Cowboys winning the <laughs> Super Bowl. Like, yeah. Cam Newton. He has the most rushing touchdowns for a quarterback. That's shocking. Yeah. So he had 66 rushing touchdowns as of whatever, 5 p.m. yesterday afternoon. <laughs> Then Steve Young is the next closest, and he had 43. So that's like 67 rushing touchdowns for a quarterback is fucking insane. That is wild. Which, granted, we're now entering into the era of rushing quarterbacks. It didn't used to be that, you know. Yeah, we had the a lot more mobile than they ever. Yeah, were. exactly. But yeah, crazy, right? We'll see where that takes them. That AFC Championship game is going to be good. I mean, not to hate on the NFC, but whoever. Yeah present it it's going to be good yeah it's going to end up being possibly bills and chiefs i know crazy obviously the super bowl is the super bowl but the real super bowl might be the afc championship game there are like five teams right now that are 10 and 5 and one of them is not going to make the playoffs that's That's insane yeah and on the nfc east side (laughs) they're probably going to be a team with a losing record making a fucking yeah they're going to clinch a division with a losing fucking record Cool. Let's move on. Next up, we will go through our week 17 picks, make our selections. Given the place that we are right now in the season, we're definitely going to talk about playoff picture, outcome scenarios, and things like that. A lot of teams are like win and in. Like if they lose, they're still like, well, this could happen. So I'm going to try not to get crazy Steve Kornacki on this, but you know, we're going to end up. Yeah, fair. Before we get started, all the same teams that I mentioned last week, 
week that are out, the only addition is the Raiders. And as far as teams that have clinched a playoff spot, I think the only new team is the Bucks. These teams that have clinched still don't know their seed with the exception of the Chiefs. The AFC has like five teams that are 10 and five and there's only four spots. So there's like a possibility, specifically the Colts, they could be 11 and five and still not make the playoffs, which is nuts, especially when you consider the fact that this year it's seven teams per conference versus the six. Yeah. And if that happens, there's only been one other team with 11 wins that hasn't made the postseason. And that was the 2008 Patriots. But that stat is only since 1990 when they expanded it to six. Okay. Kind of crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine being 11 and anything and not making the playoffs. Like I would probably riot personally, but that's just me. Yeah. It's not a good feeling. Like, if the Cowboys were 11 and something, I would just be like, we won the fucking Super Bowl. I would just buy my own Super Bowl ring. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> yeah. Design it myself. Uh, okay. Before we get started, the reason we're going to talk about all the scenarios and things like that is because it's going affect the way teams play this week so obviously that's why we kind of want to talk about this stuff and we want to take it into consideration while making picks because it will affect the outcome of the game so the first up is falcons bucks line is six and a half the bucks are the favored team per the coach they are playing to win and they want to win because with a win they would then face an NFC East team. So the the Bucks, you said? Yeah. Because the Bucks but they so they're gonna make the playoffs regardless, yeah. but their seed is still dependent. A lot of people who are like, are they even gonna play their starters? But the coach is saying they're gonna play to win. And I believe that because if they win, they're gonna play an easier team. Yeah, they have a better chance of getting through. So I think we're gonna see full starting line here. So I'm taking the Bucks. All right. Uh, but it is hard because of that six and a half. And if they get ahead enough, will they pull their starters? You know, it's tough. Yeah. I secretly want to go with the Falcons just to make it interesting between us. Another stat I'll just say because I have it written down, this will be the first time in Brady's 20 years as a starter that he will be in the postseason as a wild card position on the road. So yeah, that's fucking insane. Cowboys, Giants. The only notes I have on this game is obviously everyone's playing to win in the NFC East. So we all have a fucking chance. But Zach Martin is likely still out. Been out, but there was like a glimmer of hope that he might be back this week. Yeah. I don't know that it's official, but what I'm reading is that it's likely that he won't play again, which I was really hoping for his return. He makes a difference. Yeah, he definitely makes a difference. I mean, I'm still going Cowboys. Mm. Oh, I'm definitely going Cowboys. All the yep. positive vibes. We need them. Yeah. We're favored. We need them to win. Yeah. What's the spread you said? Three. But yeah, this is technically win or go home. But if the if Washington wins, we still go home. Next is Jets Patriots. I have no notes on this game because it really doesn't have any impact whatsoever because they're both out. But the line is three. Patriots are the favorite team at a minus three. I feel like they do have shit to prove, but... The yeah. Jets won, so I'm going with the Jets. Yeah, I like how they've been playing lately in same division. So it could be a good game. Granted, they're not really playing for anything, but maybe just some pride. So might not be a bad game. Vikings, Lions. Vikings are favorite here, minus seven. But I think that's because they're saying Matt Stafford is likely out with an ankle sprain. Yeah. He apparently really wants to play. So. Always wants to play. He's one of those weirdo yeah. b load dudes that plays through anything. I don't know when they'll make that call, but... I kind of want to go with the Vikings on this just because... Well, 
It depends on who's playing, but the Lions are plus seven, so it's hard to, but it's a tough one, and it really depends on, like, what happens with Matt Stafford. So we can say Vikings for now, but that might be, like, a game-time decision based on who's playing. Uh, This next one is a tough one, and I say that because I didn't even pick it yet. Steelers-Browns. The Browns are the favored team by 10, and here's why Mason Rudolph is getting the start over Big Ben. Yeah, because they clinched. I don't even know that it's necessarily because they clinched. I mean, I think that's part of it, but I also think Big Ben has been struggling a little bit, and I think he's had some injury. It'll determine their second or third seed position, so you would think that they would be wanting that that second seed spot. Yeah, that'd be interesting to look into. I mean, I feel like Ben Roethlisberger has been playing with an injury since 1996. Agree. um, (laughs) Um, The Browns control their fate. That's lucky. The Steelers don't have much to play for other than, like we said, they need a win, otherwise a Colts loss. But if the Browns lose and the Colts win, the Browns will be out and they have a really decent record. So very interesting to see the Steelers plus 10, but it's hard when... No, same. Like, I feel like I want to go with the Steelers because even with Mason Rudolph... Wide receiver situation, are they all back or are they still... They'll be back. I feel like they'll be back only because... with close contact, I think they're different. Protocols. Yeah, exactly. They so. must be back. Otherwise, I think there would be notes of that. But well, well let's go Steelers. Yeah. On. Okay. Ravens, Bengals. The Ravens need a win. Otherwise, they need the Browns or the Colts to lose. Mm-hmm. Bengals are the underdog with a plus 13 here. And I went Bengals just because they've kind of been on one too. 15 points is a lot, but the Ravens are also like, they're in that like contention of these 10 and five teams there's four spots and five teams and only four of them are getting in they're going to come to play my same exact opinion yeah i think too though a lot of these teams like it's hard because yes there's the teams that need to win to stay in so that's important but there's these teams that they're playing against that have nothing to lose right they have no chance they want to prove themselves and out with a bang so i they're not going to just like not play yeah they're not just going to let you win they're going to play even harder because you have something to play for and they don't that's why I like the Bengals there, but you never know. But I'm with you. This is gambling. Exactly. <laughs> the Dolphins Bills is the next one. I don't have the line on this game yet. I don't know if it's just not out yet because of things that are going on. And then obviously, because the Bills played last night, that will go into it. Obviously, depending on the line, I'd like to lean more Bills. More consistent. Because yeah. this is going to be an excellent game. The Bills have clinched, but still playing for that two seed race against the Steelers. Like we said, the Dolphins, they need a win or they need the Ravens, Browns, or the Colts to lose, and then they're in. Okay, possibility, but for all of that to happen. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. This is going to be such an interesting Sunday. Like, I can't map out what the hell is going to end up happening. I need to get, like, booze, Pedialyte, pizza. (laughs) I need to have all the things, and maybe I I should have Monday off. Like, no shit. I wish I could take Monday off. That's impossible. Yeah, so, like I said, I'm going to pick Bills, but it's hard because there's no, we don't know what the line is yet. Next is Seahawks 49ers. The Seahawks are the favorite team with five and a half. The Seahawks are just fighting for the number one seed with the Packers and the Saints. So they're definitely going to come to play. They're not going to lie down because they... What'd you say? Oh, you went Seahawks? Yeah, I mean, George Kittle's back-ish, but I don't know that that's really going to... I think they also have like another quarterback now. So I would go Seahawks. Cardinals, Rams. I also didn't see a line yet out on this, which I saw something with two and a half but it wasn't from my normal sources so I'm not sure how accurate that is. Okay. Uh, this is going to be the best game this week I think because this is 
basically a true whoever wins is in situation. If the Rams lose, they could still potentially make it, but only if the Bears lose. But even more interesting because both quarterbacks here are questionable. Well, actually, at this point, Jared Goff is officially out. And he has to be out. He literally had surgery like yesterday. Okay. So Jared, I, well, I just wrote questionable, but as soon as I said it, I was like, that's out. That's wrong. Jared Goff yeah. is He's out, Wolford starting, and then Kyler Murray is the one who is actually questionable with leg injury. So that makes this game even more fucking interesting, which is probably why the line hasn't really been officially released yet. Yeah, you're right. Probably one of those, like, definitely going to have to be a game time decision. I want to go Cardinals, but it's so hard without seeing the line. The Rams are good, too. So this one's kind of either way, but I'm just going to say Cardinals for right now. But we obviously can't make that pick as it stands anyway. So next is Jags Colts. The Jags are the underdog with a plus 14. The Colts are not necessarily winning in here, but they need a win and they also need a Titans loss. But if they don't get in, I think that they could only blame their loss on themselves by losing to the Jags in week one, which was the Jaguars only win this season. So sorry about your Colts, but we'll see what happens. They're not totally out of it. And obviously a win for them is very plausible here, but they also need a Titans loss. So the fate isn't exactly in their hands like it is other teams. Right. Nice. I'm I'm going Jags here just because 14 points is a lot and they haven't been playing terrible lately. Yeah. It's too much for me. I agree. All right. Next is the Titans Texans. Titans are the favored with a minus seven and a half. Titans need to win, but if they lose, so like so, they're Titans basically need to win. They're probably in no matter what. But if for some reason the Titans did lose and all those other teams win, then they're out. Okay. It's like a very unlikely scenario. I went Titans seven minus seven and a half. Kind of scary because I know the Texans have had a very like struggling few games. So you never want to prove something. Yeah, but I kind of think the Titans will take that one. Me too. Raiders, Broncos, the line is two. Broncos are the underdog with a plus two. No notes on this game. They're both out. Yeah, don't care. I went Broncos, but it's kind of an indifferent one. Yeah, I'm indifferent. So I'm fine with that. Chargers, Chiefs. This one will be interesting because they have already announced that they will be benching Mahomes and probably a lot of other starters. There's no postseason bearing on this game, so there's no reason that they should play their starters. So in this scenario, they actually have the Chiefs as the underdog with a plus three and a half. Gotcha. I still pick the Chiefs, but I don't know. I know. I don't either. I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. (laughs) As far as I know, Chad Henney will be playing. I don't know. I don't know enough about the Chiefs' second yeah right which could again be a cool game to watch because yeah yeah, you never know what's going to happen in the playoffs and like all that kind of stuff so it's cool to see what they do have absolutely i'll go with chiefs with you on that hell yeah why not packers bears don't the bears have to win packers are fighting for the number one seed so Packers will play. They want the number one seed. The Bears do need a win, but they could still get in with a Cardinals loss. But they're both playing to win at this point. Exactly. This is going to be a real game. And then they're in the same division. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, not only are they both going to be playing to win here, they're, they're going to be playing for real, for real, for all yeah. sorts of reasons. I went Bears here, but I'm probably going to regret that. What's the spread? Four and a half. I'm fine with that. Next is Saints-Panthers. The line is six and a half. The Panthers are the underdog at plus six and a half. The Saints are fighting for the number one seed, so they will play to the full. So this will be a true game. And I actually went Panthers six and a half here. All right. 
I think they've been playing well, but I don't know what that means for the Saints. Like, it's hard with them right now and what they're going through with Breeze. One, what their choices are going to be. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go with Saints. The last game is probably going to be the nearest and dearest to our hearts, Washington football team versus the Eagles. Supposedly, Alex Smith has a high chance of returning. That's per Ron Rivera. I don't know if that's true or not, if he's just trying to put that in the universe. But this is the one and only time that you will see me cheering for the Eagles. Pending happens at noon, but I'm picking the Eagles here. Just positive vibes. What's the spread? Oh, sorry. One and a half. The Eagles are the underdog. Oh, God. It's a tight one. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. Strictly because the universe. Bang, Bert. What is it? Bang, bang, Bird gang. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not an Eagles fan, so I don't really know either, but. Same. That's what I'm like. I don't fucking know. All right. Well, that is it for this week on Women Can't Parlay. I think we should note that being that this is the last week of the regular season in the NFL, you know, we're looking forward to shaking things up a bit soon. Obviously, we will continue to cover the rest of the football season, but we're going to begin to incorporate other sports, other leagues. Obviously, hockey is going to be one of those. We'll just start up again. Golf, you know, women's sports. All the things. Who the fuck knows? Like, we're we're open and just want to make you aware that, you know, just because football season is going to end in the next month or so, we are not going to end this podcast is going to continue to be a weekly podcast and we'll just have a little bit more time of us being us hopefully more time for guests things like that so as always stay tuned we hope you had a fantastic holiday happy new year cheers 2021 hopefully it's a lot brighter than 2020 was yes although our favorite quote of the night is hindsight is 2020 so maybe that's a double entendre now oh i think it is yeah so uh i guess we'll see you next year and this is goodbye bye women can't women can't women can't women can't parlay